Welcome to the Net Zero Carbon Summit. Today, we are joined by Sam Stockdale, Senior Vice President and Head, and Head of Sustainability at Link Logistics. Welcome to the summit, Sam. Hi, Mary. Great to be here. So before we get too far into the weeds today, let's get some background on you and kind of how you got started at Link Logistics Properties. Sure thing. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about our sustainability approach where we are delivering practical, value-oriented sustainability to our 12,000-plus customers. But my background, I came to, to Link by way of J.P. Morgan, where I ran operational sustainability for that platform globally. Before that, I was the director of portfolio operations for Tishman Spire, so a, a leading class A developer of office space. So I was relatively new to the industrial asset class, and most of my experience was data center office in that retail at a similar scale as Link Logistics, as we had about 5,000 Chase Bank. Granted, is where we pursued a whole variety of energy efficiency and renewable energy projects. My educational background is a mix of engineering and finance or, or economics. And I think my, my experience has kind of allowed me to operate as a little bit of uh, like a corporate chameleon because I, I played a lot of different roles. I've worn all the hats. I've raised capital. I've done operations. I've run construction. So I think it's allowed me to be an effective sustainability officer for Link. I mean, that's really kind of a, you have such a diverse background. It kind of lends itself nicely to that jack of all trades part that you uh, are pretty good at. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So kind of jumping right in here, how can industries kind of effectively integrate sustainable innovation into their operations, you know, kind of just beyond energy efficient um, things, kind of beyond just putting solar panels on the roof, um, but ultimately that provide or promote that overall environmental responsibility? So for us, um, it all it all really starts with the data. Sustainability is a data-centric discipline. And when you consider Link's immense scale, 535 plus square feet, thousands of, of operating assets, really, um, we see the opportunity primarily based in the data. And our long-term sustainability strategy is a strategy of measure, reduce, and offset. And so right now, as a young company, we are in our measure phase. You can't measure without the data. So when we think about, you know, kind of the jack of all trades, having experience in a lot of different disciplines, one of our primary um, objectives was to bring in key sustainability disciplines that help us understand how we measure all of the energy and carbon opportunity across our portfolio, and then marry that um, with disciplines across project management, um, energy and utilities, energy management, um, you know, engineering, reporting so that we can get a very good sense of how we can deliver projects and programs that yield positive environmental and business outcomes to our customers. I like that. It's kind of that, um, it's the, it's the data first approach, like you were talking about earlier. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I've said it for years, data never really lies. You can certainly manipulate it to say what you want it to, but ultimately at its core, you know, it is there and it, it's you can't you can't just manufacture data. It's real. It's off. It's based off of something, um, and it's kind of the one thing that you can know to be true. A kind of north star, if you will. Absolutely. So I guess um, one of the things you touched on was uh, that like you guys are in that monitoring phase, and one of the things that comes with that is you know the real time data monitoring. Um, how can the data monitoring and predictive analytics kind of help industries optimize more resource utilization and like minimize that that waste that happens a lot. So if I actually, I want to start a step ahead of the, of the monitoring and the extraction of, of data for our portfolio. 
So there, there's really an institutional barrier to decarbonization in the industrial asset class. And this is called the split and sector barrier. And it's pretty widely known and, and well studied. But it, it basically means that most of our elite structures in the industrial asset class are triple net, uh, which results in customers putting utility bills directly in their own being. So if you're a landlord and you attempt to deliver decarbonization or sustainability programs to your customer, but you've given up control of the meter, you've given up control of your, you know, your best lever for delivering that positive environmental um, and you know, an economic um, outcome. And you've also forfeited your ability to leverage Link's immense scale to the advantage of our customers. So it's really our, our strategy hinges on building out uh, an amenity called Energy Solutions, where we want to um, ask our customers to um, allow us to, to manage utilities on their behalf. And when they and when they do that, really what they're able to do, when I mentioned all these key disciplines, we've spent three years carefully building out all these different teams that can act as an extension of their own teams to deliver these car- decarbonization um, strategies that are unique to their to their properties. And so one of our one of our first steps outside of building out my team and some of these pretty core disciplines that are rarely seen in net real estate businesses is he partnered with Carrier to allow us to deploy hardware at the site to extract high interval or high frequency 15-minute interval data um, so that we can uncover energy efficiency opportunities. Because if you you know think about our measure, reduce, and offset strategy, if we're going to be taking over utility accounts uh, on behalf of our, of our customers, we then become a steward of their operating expenses. So we want to make sure that we are looking at their unique operations, prioritizing any capital that we can deploy for their benefit um, to make sure that they are running the um, facility efficiently before we talk about renewables integration. You know, we, we don't we don't want to over green or over renew. We want to make sure that we're, you know, that we're based on it correctly so that we can um, right size any kind of renewable instrument that allows them to decarbonize over time. So I guess you touched on it before when you said that the landlords have oftentimes given up control of their meters and their uh, their utilities. Do you have any tips for how they might be able to get that back? Or is it just kind of a lease dependent? It is lease dependent. Um, there are many strategies for you know yielding control or at least getting access to the utility or meter level of data uh, in net businesses. One of the best known is green leases. Now, we, we actually won an award to be, um, as a green lease leader uh, from the Institute of Market Transformation. And I, I believe that we have over 70 million square feet of green leases executed as I sit here. So that's that's one of the main mechanisms that you can use to partner with customers to actually you know create an environment where you are able to aggregate and then analyze that, that um, energy and utility data. There's, of course, um, also Energy Star Benchmark Compliance. Like Mary, it's a big reason why we have a goal of becoming, um, or at least benchmarking 100% of our properties in compliance markets. We, we actually, um, not only did we achieve that goal the last two years, but we've won, we were the first industrial landlord to ever be awarded, um, Energy Star, um, partner of the year. We have 10 million square feet of Energy Star benchmark certified space, which is more than the next nine landlords combined in our peer group. Um, and we continue to collect utility data through that platform. I believe this past year we collected almost 300 million square feet of energy and utility data. And so we can use some of our some of our um, 
some of the folks in our key disciplines. One of them is energy data and analytics to um, perform almost like a quartile analysis. So you can really understand who your top um, energy efficiency opportunity sites and customers are, right? And then you can really harvest the most value um, right out of the gate for where you want to direct that energy efficiency capital. You know, and so I, I think it does really start in the data. And there are a couple of mechanisms, but the, the tried and true ones are, are always going to be green leases um, and an energy star benchmark compliance. I mean, you know, they seem to work quite well for you guys. So you seem to be kind of experts in this area. Um, I guess when it comes to, you know, maybe getting these leases or, you know, being as successful as you guys have been, how important is this collaboration? Because you have so many different stakeholders involved. So um, you have everything. Excuse me, you have everything. You have just so many. Um, how do you kind of get everybody on board to these energy efficient uh, ways and, you know, into the sustainability mindset? Because that's a lot of that's a lot of people to get on board. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And it's, you know, it's the most important and probably the hardest part of um, of the role when you're a sustainability officer, because because you're you've identified correctly. It's not just our customers. Uh, it's our leasing and market officers. It's our property management team members. When I when I uh, gave you the statistic that we collected 300 million square feet of energy and utility data, we we worked in partnership with 200 of our um, of our peers at Link in the property management group to to actually harvest that data. Yeah, and, and we work continuously with the hundreds of leasing and market officers to execute green leases and explain to customers that aren't familiar with green leasing clauses why this is important um, for both of us. You know, it's not a landlord um, required. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amenity that they get so that we can turn that data around um, and provide it to those customers to say, hey, we think that we can save you money. You know, and so, so uh, that's kind of why I want to go back to really the, um, what I first said, which is this whole theme of practical value oriented sustainability. I think when my experience, um, has always been, if you lead with the economics, it is much easier to get stakeholders on board. And our program, because we are, are very focused on the basics, the one-on-ones, the, the, the things that save energy, we're very focused on delivering scalable programs to our customers. You know, so, so talk about your LED programs, for example. You know, roughly 25 or 20 to 25% of the energy consumption load in a distribution sector or warehouse asset is going to be um, a result of lighting load, you know, or or more, sometimes up to 50%, depending on how that facility is being operated. Now, so so that's one program that we can deliver at scale where we have a, um, a very clear understanding of the economics. And once we have the energy and environmental data, it's, um, it's, it's a little bit easier for us to go to customers and say, we believe that, you know, the economics are going to support a successful project for you. You know, and so I, I think any time that you are, um, you know, you are challenged to scale energy and sustainability programs by leaning into both the economics and then prioritizing what is most um, easily scaled into the field, what you can actually get done, you know, that's where you're going to have the most success. And, and that's really been a, a cornerstone of our approach here at Link Logistics. You guys have really taken that we're just going to come in with the most logical solution and it kind of almost doesn't make sense to go against it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to not, I shouldn't say easy, but it, it makes a lot of sense to, to at least focus on the basics at first. And so what I, I, I always talk about um, our flywheel, you know, our energy and sustainability flywheel. 
And really, and, and of course, we want to do the more sophisticated stuff. Of course, we're focused on clean electrification. Of course, we're focused on um, solar integration. You know, of course, we're focused on natural-based solutions. And in fact, we did a, a, a big deal with um, the Nature Conservancy last year, the first forward um, commitment to a carbon product um, executed by a real estate company. So we're, we have pockets of these more leading strategies. But on the customer side, for what we think is scalable, the flywheel effect is a trust-building exercise where we begin with the basics, the stuff that we know pays, the stuff that we have high, um, you know, high confidence that we can be successful in the field executing. And we believe that that will build the trust with our customers that allows us to do more. You know, and so, and so at the, really at the end of the day, our flywheel ends with our customers wanting to lease more space with link logistics. You know, and so as we think about, let's get the basics done, Let's lead with the economics. Let's build that trust with customers. Let's allow them to come back and say, what else can you do for me? That allows my program to mature along with our customers in that partnership. And it ultimately drives them back to link logistics facilities to, to lease more, lease more space. So that's, you know, that, that's really, I think the, the goal for us is to really, um, provide a customer first experience where we can make our space more attractive, uh, to them outside of just the, you know, the four walls and the roof. Okay, you guys have really taken that next step to be like, hey, you know what? We're a great place to be outside of, you know, just the building that will provide your needs, but we're also very uh, eco-friendly, carbon-friendly, and it's going to really help those that are looking to reduce any emissions or really just kind of hit some sustainability goals. So uh, that being said, we are pretty much out of time today, but if someone wants to reach out to you about some um, anything, really, where can they find you outside the show? Uh, they can find me in New York City, right by right by Grand Central Station on Park Avenue. They can find me on LinkedIn. And I think it's Sam Stockdale, like logistics. Um, I'll be I'll be there. So feel free to feel free to add me. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to hear uh, to hear what kind of uh, feedback you get. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the summit today. Stay tuned. We have a lot of great content coming.